Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetsBirds. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always is Mr. Andy Molitor. And it's a very special day today, folks, because we got money in the bank. It is. It is. <laughs> it is Friday. It's it's baseball Friday. I'm just taking the rest of the week off. Whatever. <laughs> yes, nice. Frank is Frank is here. Um, this might be the did the Pirates screw up last night? They got one hit. They got a hit. Oh yeah, that was every time we get you on, the Pirates have done something hilarious the day before. <laughs> it was the, the base running gaff, the base yeah, running right. gaff. And now, yeah, getting embarrassed, almost getting no hit in a park they're, that they're is generally hitting, known for hits. They're basically hitting on the moon, and they almost got no hit. Right. <laughs> God, this theme has continued. This is funny. So, oh, yeah. And baseball, again, I don't bet a ton of baseball that's obviously mine. I'm betting other people's stuff a little bit here. I'm paying attention partially. Anybody who's watched the last few days have noticed that I've had a St. Saint Paul Saints hat on. Because the Twins stink so much, I've just gone moved on to being a AAA team fan. But baseball, other than in Christ's sakes, let's not even Trevor talk Trevor Bauer at all. Like that's a whole nother nest. Of, <laughs> that's a nest of Hornets. We, yeah, this is not Geraldo. We're not getting into any stuff like that. Yeah, no need for that. that that's a reference <laughs> okay, too. Okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just leave Trevor Bauer's current legal situation alone. The thing I've been seeing. <laughs> all bleeping over twitter now is these damn charts frank and i'm gonna have producer dan pull them up so like this spin rate and if people don't understand spin rate at all it's just how much the ball spins and in five seconds tell me why that matters balls that spin more move more and balls that spin more the balls are round and the bat is round and then the ball will slip off the bat easier as well so they not only move more but it's sort of an exponential thing um and you know even just 100 rpms of spin can make a big difference 100 rpms so makes a big difference so yeah as you it saw can. in those charts like where those huge drops were that was uh lucas giolito of the the cheating black socks is it the black socks again now that they're pulling the shit <laughs> yeah, again we're right. going back to that so the cheating, the, the, the cheating white socks um and i mean he's not the only one i just like to pick on him because yeah. my boss is a big white socks fan there's a lot of charts like this where hey let's we're gonna check for sticky stuff and you see the chart sure. it's like and all of a sudden it's like oh elon tweeted about sticky stuff and bitcoin dropped off the face of the earth like just <laughs> like that so i mean yeah. uh, uh, we've seen We've seen some stuff pop up with like uh, runs in the first inning have been adjusted. Totals are starting to be adjusted up. Plus run plus errors are starting to be adjusted up. Like there was a quick adjustment in the market. I know you bet more money lines than totals, but you know, is this, is this affecting that at all? As far as what you've done, I know a big part of what you do is with starting pitching. Yeah, I mean, I tend to focus on the starters, right? Because the difference in lineups, unless it's a huge difference, is not that much, right? Like almost home field advantage could wipe out any hitter differences because the pitchers just control so much of the game. Um, But yeah, it's definitely chain stuff. I mean, you could look at the board today. There's a lot of double digit totals out there. There there are some really bad hitter or uh, pitchers out there, but like Otani is going against Domingo Herman today in New York and the total's 10. Granted, juice a little bit to the under, but these are two very good pitchers that have a total of 10 uh, and the angels lineup isn't particularly great. The Yankees lineup starting to hit, but 
it's got to be because of this. Uh, you look at a, get, a guy like you mentioned, the uh, the White Sox. Uh, you look at a guy like Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito's, uh, you know, partner in crime here, literally. Uh, he's seen about a 300 to 350 RPM drop in fastball, curveball, slider, and he's minus 115 day at home with one of the best lineups in baseball against Bailey Ober for the Twins, who is, and I think will be, really good. Uh, He's minus 115 at home to a Twins team that has struggled pretty badly. Granted, they've been better lately, and I do think Ober's pretty good, but he's plus 105 now on the road in Chicago against Dylan Cease, who has been very good this year, almost certainly because of the sticky stuff being taken off of his body, glove, hat, fingers, baseball, and now he's going to go back to being probably pretty shitty Dylan Cease again. I enjoy that. I mean, as a semi-Twins fan, I don't know if uh, I don't know if our guy lunch pail guy. Who am I trying to think of? The Randy Dobnak. Randy Dobnak. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to see his spin rate charts. They probably will. <laughs> they honestly, probably because, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just because that league average line moved, like uh, so. Yeah. Well, as long as yeah, as long as you're adjusting, I'm just worried about you because again, since you've been <laughs> visiting us every couple weeks or so, you've never That's lost right. a pick on here. I just worry about that. It's important to keep that up. Yeah, you need to. You have a you have big shoes to fill in previous Frank episode. So, all right. I'm again. I'm not making any adjustments because I don't have a baseball model. So I'm going to be just fine. Don't worry about me, folks. Frank <laughs> bets golf though too. Yeah. Do you, do you these three weeks, like Travelers, Detroit, TPC Deer Run, worst three weeks of the year for golf. Yeah, I, there's definitely like a stretch in there at the beginning of the year where it's like every prominent player takes off that maybe is not so great. But with the Open Championship coming up, it's probably worth the wait a little bit. These tournaments have been a little bit better fields than what I was anticipating looking at them. Like I was not expecting the Travelers to have anybody in it after the U.S. Open. And it was a slightly below average field. It wasn't too bad. Um, next week, I would assume, will be the worst one. Uh, although there are people that like to play in that tournament for some reason. Uh, like I'd imagine Spieth will be there and maybe a few other guys, but so many guys are going to be over uh, getting overseas. I'd imagine some of the COVID stuff going on is going to create an issue where they want to get over there earlier uh, and deal with all that as they can. And some guys just like to go play Lynx golf in, in sort of, you know, the different style there ahead of time to sort of practice some shots. And, you know, it's just a totally different game of golf uh, at Royal St. George for the open championship in a few weeks. So, yeah, this is definitely the biggest lull in season for for the PGA Tour uh, compared to, you know, maybe after the Tour Championship. There's a little bit of a, you know, a yeah. drop off there at some point. But we have football at that point, so it doesn't matter. This is the True. summer. We're supposed to have good stuff. And yeah, guys who like guys who have some European roots are going playing like the Irish Open this week. And they're certainly not going to fly back to play TPC Deer Run. Like they're they're probably gonna stay over there. I'm I'm not gonna put words in Rory's mouth, but I'm feeling like he'll probably stay yeah. over on that side of the pond and just wait to play the open. So, I mean, any I mean, a, lot any, like to, a lot of people like to play the Scottish Open as well in the week before the actual Open oh, Championship. Yeah. I think that's a pretty regular event. Like Phil's played in there a lot. Patrick Reed's played in there a lot. So we'll probably see some guys do that as well. Sure. No, and then just again, I'm not. I have some plays on here. I'm going to play this one like any other tournament. Probably I'll probably yeah. be top 20 and matchup heavy, but the real big question before we get on to, you know, what people really want, people want your pick because again, you're undefeated, but the, <laughs> the talk about like the long hitters here, 
with the the non-existence of like penal rough like did you have i just want to hear your quick thesis on this one and how you approached it because it's like there's going to be some easy approach shots for almost everybody i played this course on my nintendo last night frank shot a 57 (laughs) a 57 like this course is going to get beat bryson won this with like a 23 under last like somebody scoring 20 under like I, i don't think you need to be like and again, Bryson, it's, oh, he's a bomber. He won. Like, he just, he's also really good at putting. Like someone's going to have yeah. a hot ass putting weekend and win this. So, I mean, what was your, your thesis in this one going in? I don't think driving is as important as what people are making it out to be. Although you always want the longer hitters, but I, I think you don't have to wait at any, you know, that much different than what you would a normal week necessarily. Uh, you're right. Bryson won against almost seven strokes off the tee. He gained 7.8 strokes putting. Uh, that helps. There's a very, it's a very unique mix of skill set that Bryson has that your other guy, the other guy you like, Jason Kokrak, also has is that he drives it really well and hits it far, and he's also extremely good putter. It's kind of a hard thing to do. When Brooks was being Brooks in the majors, that's what he was doing. He was driving incredibly straight. He was hitting his irons decently, but he was reining in putts. And it was like of the bombers, Brooks was the best putter. Ironically, I think it's Bryson now. Where of the bombers, he's the best bomber, and he's also the best putter. It just leads to a lot of variance, and that's why we see him suck at times. So I do think that uh, Bryson is the favorite here, but I don't think driving distance – like one year, the year he won the driving distance was a much bigger deal, less so the year before when I think it was Nate Lashley, who's one of the shorter Nate hitters. Nate Lashley. He was the alternate that got in. He was like the last guy in the field mm-hmm. who got in on a Monday qualifier and won the event. So it's too early to say what Detroit Golf Club is going to play like. Uh, it certainly seemed like last year guys were starting to bomb it a little bit more, but that was the overall approach last year more so than the year before. So maybe that's part of it. Um, if you do want to bomber, he's pretty much the only guy in the field that can come close to, you know, consistently hitting, hitting the ball, you know, 315, 320 plus. Kokrak is maybe in there a little bit, but uh, Bryson's certainly the favorite. But I don't think the driving is as pronounced as what people think it is because all of these guys are going to have a lot of wedges in the holes. And that creates like, you know, the opportunity for a lot of 12 footers. And if Bryson doesn't gain eight strokes putting again, he could still lose this pretty easily to someone, you know, that can putt really well. Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, all those guys are up there because you're just going to have to rein in putts. And, and and that's just what it is. And that's super variant, you know, and it, it's hard to predict that. Yeah, Alex, you've golfed a bunch and you've, hell, you've even caddied. We have a caddy in our midst here. People, that's a lot of people know. don't know that, but like, Caddies know more about golf than golfers know about golf. And Al, I'm sure you've seen that with you when you've played and when you've, you know, I'm going to say looped. I, I don't get to use that much. I'm going to say you looped don't. for people. Like, I'm not sure you don't. Just like, there are, it's, it's stupid. You can't quantify this. There's no metric for it. But, like, people do have, like, good putting days. Like, they're just reading the green well. Like, I don't know if maybe, you know, they just didn't drink as much the night before and their arms aren't shaking. Like, they just are you know they're stroking well on the flat surface and things are going well and like that's how these stupid birdie fests work somebody reads the greens well or their or their caddies reading it well and they're just putting everything in yeah it's obviously a lot different at the level of golf i'm used to watching but for me it was always 
they hit that first putt hard enough and it didn't go past the hole. The problem with most golfers is they're trying to get the ball to the hole, not past the hole. If you're going to make putts, you need to be rolling the ball a foot to two feet past the hole every time you try to putt it. And mentally, that's really hard for people because they don't think about the fact that they only have a one or two foot putt coming back. It's, oh, no, I missed it by one or two feet. I would have rather been two inches short. So if you can get that first putt in as opposed to blowing it past, then all of a sudden you start to feel good. You're swinging the putter a little more freely. That's what I always see. The people that are putting well are the ones that get up to the ball. They're not doing a whole lot of waggles. They're not making a lot of adjustments. They get up, they look, and it's back and, and forward, and that's it. There's just a nice confident stroke. They're getting the ball through the hole as opposed to to it, and that makes a big difference. And it is. It's, it's a total confidence thing. Once you get out there and you make a couple and you hear that sound, the best sound in the world, the ball rolling in, I mean, it's, it gets you all of a sudden the cup looks bigger. Your ball looks smaller. Everything seems straighter. It does. It just all builds. I'm just going to live bet guys who make birdies in the first hole then. I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna to update my confidence model. And truthfully, I bet on – I haven't bet this yet. i got to go down to Iowa to fucking bet this. But I bet on our guy, Kokrak. I bet on him to make an eagle in the first round, Ooh. plus 550. No, you don't you don't know. You don't know, man. He had he had two he had two <laughs> rounds with an eagle last time he was here. I know it, I probably should be getting better odds, but I liked it for I like to back him. Maybe I should just back him to win instead of some horrible prop. But either way, you gotta be I, creative. I to, be creative. Yeah, it's called a wild card bet, Frank. Speaking <laughs> of wild card bets. All right, let's uh, let's talk baseball. The Back to baseball. Had the only person in brown bag bets history to have his own segment. It's time for money <laughs> in the prank. <laughs> oh, I, love this. I love this. Oh, it is, right, tell, tell, tell me what it is. What am I betting? Oh, you want the bet? Uh, yeah. Okay. You're not even ask. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Royals today. I'm not going to cop out. I I've been getting messages about, oh, you're taking favorites, even though I did take the Padres on the road at the Dodgers, the one game. Now I'm, t- now I'm going back to the dogs. I'm going back. KC plus 139 at Boston. This game got really interesting last night. Very close back and forth game with a lot of homers. This total was sky high. Uh, I don't mind the Royals in this spot. Boston used up a lot of bullpen arms last night. And, uh, you know, results-wise, I think these pitchers should be a little bit flipped. Martin Perez is closer to a five-year-A pitcher, and Mike Miner is closer to a four-year-A pitcher. He gave up nine earned in his last start against Texas. Uh, Mike Miner did, his old team. Uh, and he gave up zero barrels in that start. Uh, so that really inflated his results in his ERA. Uh, so far for the season, I think this number is a little bit inflated. We should get a relatively fresh Casey bullpen, a relatively uh, beat-up Boston team and uh, martin perez is throwing more strikes this year but it's leading to more barrels his specialty is certainly getting uh he his hard hit rate was under 30 percent. now it's up in the mid 30s uh or no it's at 40 percent exactly on the season which is still very good but it's not what he needs to be to be successful so uh he's going to give up a lot of balls in play this is a really good hitting environment right now it's really hot and humid in the northeast uh and this boston park plays a lot smaller than what it seems because the corners are very short, which is generally where you hit for power. And the, you know, in the gaps in center field is very big, which is generally where you hit more of your line drives. So uh, I think that, you know, Martin Perez will give up some runs. And if I'm going to trust anyone in this game, it's going to be minor over Perez. I was going to ask you, by the way, on, on this particular game, how do you feel about the Royals pitching? Because I had somebody point out to me that one of the better bets you could make over the last few weeks is the team total over for whoever's playing the Royals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, Generalizing in baseball is sort of stupid. 
<laughs> like it just depends who's pitching, right? Like we need to evaluate everything in, in an individual basis for baseball because it's not a team sport. It, it's just really not. Like you have to know who's going in a given day. It's individual matchups that are in a way parlayed together, right? To to a team outcome. There's no real teamwork unless somebody gets into a pickle, uh, you know, a, a rundown situation. There's no real teamwork teamwork here in baseball. Uh, yeah, right. Like, and how often does that? There's a pitcher and a catcher, I guess, game within the game a little bit, but it's just individual matchups against each other. And you know, I, I just don't really value any sort of generalization. I mean, you could look at the Braves hitting 191 over their last eight games. I saw people putting that out, and I'm like. It's eight games, man. Like this offense is really good. We've known this offense has been really good for like three years and all the same hitters are there and they're still really good. I just don't really care about eight games. Uh, so yeah, I just, the general generalizations in baseball are very strange to me. I will sense. say too, it very, very big surprise. Like, Ooh, let's look at my big surprise face that a former college pitcher says, this is not a team sport. The guy in the box does usually think it's all about him. <laughs> Uh, before and before we before we let you go, I did want to ask to bring it full circle. Like, what are uh, who, who's the Red Sox pitcher? Perez. Martin Perez. Yeah. Yeah. Perez and Minor. What do those charts look like? Are we? Do we have big spin rate well, adjustments on those guys or not? To be honest, I didn't even really look at them because they're just not that type of pitcher, right? Yeah, like they're not they're not someone that you would be like, oh, this guy's probably cheating, right? Like, you, I guess <laughs> Gordon got I guess the Gordon. If he Gordon is, got let him keep cheating. Way. <laughs> D Gordon got caught with steroids. So I, I guess that is kind of an interesting one, but neither of these guys are high spin rate guys anyway. So I don't think it's going to affect them too much. It, they, I did see a report that something like 60% of pitchers have seen like a pretty significant drop off in spin. Um, that's not surprising to me either. Uh, you know, baseball has a big problem on its hand and that they, to combat the spin issue, they've made these balls really slick. Um, and over the last couple of years and now, they can't use anything other than rosin, which is true, and that's how it should be. But now they have an issue where they were trying to combat the spin by making the baseball slicker, and now they can't use pine tar or anything. So it's going to lead to some high totals, I would think, and some wildness. I mean, with the stuff that they were using, I, I don't know if you guys have ever had pine tar or used pine tar before, but they've had oh. stuff thicker than pine tar, and pine tar is no, very sticky. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you hold out. a bat, like you make a sound letting a bat go with pine tar on it, right? It's like a very sticky substance. And they have things way stickier than pine tar that they're using to spin baseballs. They could have effectively thrown a lacrosse ball with 3,000 RPM on a slider. So baseball sort of made the balls lacrosse balls. And now they're in a weird spot where like if they're not going to let them use anything, they're probably going to have to make the cover a little bit more grip or raise the laces or something. And that just causes a whole bunch of other issues with drag and everything. So... Yeah, Manfred has screwed this up big time and, you know, leave it to baseball to sort of screw themselves. Uh, but this change is probably better for the game, given the runs that will come out of it. And I do think the elite pitchers like DeGrom will still be pretty good. Yeah, we will. DeGrom doesn't cheat. He's an angel and I love him and he's my favorite. He's probably my favorite player besides Randy Dobnak. So, all right. Well, <laughs> we do thank Mr. Frank for joining us today. Again, you can check him out on the Twitter machine at Real Frank Bank. That's how you know it's the authentic Frank Brank from the Steel City. <laughs> That's and right. his stuff is out every day over, over on EliteFantasySportsGamblingBet.com as well. Check him out on Twitter and there. And yeah, he's, he's betting baseball all day. Thanks, Frank. See you. See you. See you, Frank.
Oh, Wimbledon? Is it raining? Or what do we got? What do no. we got today? They are actually playing tennis, Andy. We got a whole bunch oh. of stuff going on here. And I want to check. I closed out of it to try to pay attention to what Frank was talking about. But Katie Bolter was able to take a set, Andy. Oh, buddy. And it looks like we're going to get our over. So we've got our over. We've got Bolter plus one and a half sets. And now we're just That's waiting. Right. We're waiting on our now six and a half, seven to one, whatever number you got. It's beautiful. Very excited. But we do have some more tennis. Not a ton more tennis, actually, to be perfectly honest. It was tough. A lot of lines are starting to come out this morning. And as things are taking longer, it's just tough to get through a lot of this stuff before we get on. I'll be sure to put all this stuff on BetSperts. The app's been pretty good the last um, week or so with Grand Slam by getting all those lines out. So luckily, I've been able to get everything in there. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at underscore noobs, which you see there. But for later today, I believe we talked about this one yesterday. Golubich playing Danielle Rose Collins, a match that I expect to be very close Two women that are a lot more competitive on grass than I think the market expects. This match should be very close. Over 21 and a half looks like a really nice number to me. I would make it 22. It'd probably be a juicy 22. Maybe even a cheap 22 and a half, a rare one of those. Since we are on grass, folks, remember, these are much more competitive matches. And for Thursday, for tomorrow, they're back. We skipped the first round, which ended up being kind of okay. I think it just pushed in the first round. But... Golf overs. She's going to play Alina Vesnina. Now, Alina Vesnina is someone that was very good at tennis a handful of years ago, took some time off, is now back on tour, basically to try to get in shape for one last run in the Olympics. She does look to be in pretty good physical shape. You know, her form's not the best in the world, but she's a clever player, knows how to play on the surface, and it's a Coco golf match, Andy. This should be at least 21. Let's grab 20, a cheap 20 and a half. Heck, you want to get weird with it and take 21 plus money? Go for it. Do it. You're an adult. Do whatever you want. You're an adult. Again, again, we encourage you to be an adult. If you're a child watching this, don't gamble. You're not allowed to yet. And if you're an adult, gamble responsibly or try at least. Do your best. So, you know, I'll be on this. Golf, probably. And honestly, if it's what's the price you'd need to play over one and a half sets or over two and a half sets, like plus 160? Yeah, I would look for plus 160, something like that. Maybe even a. Maybe plus 155 you could talk me into, but plus 160 is probably what you should be looking for. I'll be for. betting it. I mean, if, if I find 160 or better, I'll probably play it. So, All right, Goff, I'm, I'm down. And then uh, that just leaves us with Goff to Golf. That was – I golf. had trouble with that uh, transition, so I had to say that. Like yeah, we, played, we played her last night, shot a 57, not a big deal. I talked to Frank, made fun of my wild card bet already, which I'm still <laughs> going to drive down and play. But yeah, red, uh, just some day one plays. I ran my numbers on day one plays. Doc Redmond's the guy I've backed a couple times, taking him over Rogers. Pat Perez, you saw last night, if you watched Approaching Green, he's a longer shot I played a top 30 on. I'm taking him over Danny McCarthy. Uh, Mr. Hammer and Hank Lebiota. He's a guy I've been all over the last few weeks. He's been good to me. Now that I know how to say his name, over Matty Nismith and Chase Seifert. Over Ryder, one to all favorites. But I didn't lay the strokes with any of these. I do show some value on most of these, though. So laying some chalk with some favorites on day one. I'll be looking at some day stuff, day two stuff tomorrow once we get into get past the round. So probably Friday on the show, if I have some afternoon plays, I'll talk about them. But yeah, look for a blog. I should have it out earlier than I did last week. Jesus, it was like nine at night when I got that out. So just that. And then obviously, again, thanks to the sponsor, 
WinBet, where you can get this laser etched tumbler when you sign up for a new account and show us that you did by sending us a screenshot of your risk-free bet, which is what you get when you sign up, up to $500 risk-free, first bet, find some big-ass underdog and play that. That's what you should be doing. Go ahead, sign up. Bob says, you know, over 22. It's like plus 150 probably. Might even be close, bigger than that. Let's go. Let's get it. I like it. So, all right. Until tomorrow, have fun. Good luck. Happy hump day. I'll catch you on deep dive tonight. We'll talk some college football. Beautiful.